Hello, and welcome to the premiere episode of the Going the Distance podcast. I'm Nicholas Delgado, and I will be your host for everything running in Central Illinois and beyond. Each week, I will be covering local high school teams, local and statewide meets, discussing rankings, highlighting key runners, and be joined by special guests. Since this is our first episode, I'd like to take a minute and introduce myself more in depth. I'm a junior at Morton High School in Morton, Illinois, and I run for both the cross-country and track teams. I began running my 8th grade year, but it wasn't until I joined the high school team that I became invested in the sport not only for myself and my times, but also for tracking impressive teams and runners. This podcast developed from that, and now I hope to be your go-to source for all the local runners while sprinkling in the important statewide events. Not only can you hear me on Going the Distance podcast, but you can also join me on Instagram at GoingTheDistanceIL. On today's episode, we'll jump right into discussing the local and state rankings, as well as a few of the first season kickoff meets. I'll be introducing the senior captain for the Morton Potters, Chase Hatter, regarding the mile split and ILXCTF rankings for the upcoming season. But first, let's jump into last week's meet rundown. So, first thing I want to talk about is the previous week's meets. So, locally is kind of the main focus of this podcast, but when there's some big meets up north in Chicago or down south near St. Louis, I do like to cover them just because all the runners are going to end up at state here at Detweiler Park in Peoria. So it's important to know what's going on, not just in the local area. But first, we'll start off with the Normal West invite, obviously normal. Um, Plainfield South won as a team with 27 points. It wasn't very close. They came down there, strong 3A school. They're going to be very strong this year. But Cameron Viger, who is a junior of Plainfield South, won the race in 1515.3, just in front of Zachary Balzer, who's a senior from Manuka in 1516. Kind of a close race, not a terrible day to race out either, so it was a good showing from that team. A couple 2A teams as well into the mix, but overall Plainfield South kind of just swept it away with Manuka right behind them. And next up, we have the Lighted Up Invitational in Clinton. Normal U-High wins this with 42 points. It was also kind of a blowout. And Brant Henderson, who's a junior of Normal U-High, wins the race in 1543. Pretty successful day for U-High, bringing home their first invite win. Now, keep in mind, some of these invites are just quick meets. Not a ton of teams come because it's only week one. So by next week, we should have a better um, feel for who, where everybody's at. And the preseason rankings, which me and Chase will go over later. I will introduce him as we come on in a later segment. We're going to rank these preseason ratings for mile split, but obviously it's hard to make preseason rankings. So we will see after the first few weeks how accurate they are and adjust, and mile split will adjust them, obviously, as well. So next, I wanted to cover in Limestone at Alpha Park, the Rocket Run for the Stars. This course is definitely not an easy course, and Decatur St. Teresa came up, and they won with 31 points over Lincoln's 40, so somewhat of a close meet over there. The senior, Brendan Hetzig from Lincoln, wins the meet in 1541. Wasn't very close. Notable mention, Peoria Notre Dame was at that meet, and they did not perform as well as I thought they would, but they were still, it was a hard course, so times obviously aren't going to be as fast as Detweiler or Darks, but overall, solid meet. Congratulations for Decatur St. Teresa. I have not heard much of them, I will admit, so it'll be interesting to see how they progress throughout the year and see what they can do at the state meet. I'm pretty sure they're 1A. Um, next, on Friday, not on Saturday, the rest of the meets were on Saturday, but this Friday was the IVC invite, and Elmwood came away with the win with only 22 points. A crazy day for them. Isaiah Hill, who's a junior, 
he won the meet in 1554.2 and pretty successful day for them I would say not much to discuss there just I mean they had 22 points what else can you say so now we can move into some non-local meets because that was about it in the area for this past weekend so first let's talk about the Civic Memorial Twilight Invite Highland a team in the rankings I think they are top 10 or right outside top 10 maybe according to mile split they won with 29 points and it was a fairly big invite so that's in my opinion pretty impressive Jackson Coleman of Civic Memorial however he's a senior he won in 1553 he won that and Justice Elridge his teammate who's a junior won in 50, he was second place in 1555 so Civic Memorial has two very strong front runners so if they can find so three four and five that can progress throughout the year and have a solid showing they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the two-way state finals this year Next, I wanted to cover Kane County Invite. This is a big meet up north. It is a mix of a lot of schools, but 3A, 2A. Batavia, the 3A school, wins with 50 points. And Quinton Lowe, who's a senior of Batavia, wins the meet in 1535. Now, I don't know much about this course, but 1535 is still a crazy good showing. So it'll be interesting to see all those 3A teams and the 2A teams that had to go up and compete there how they're going to adjust their racing and how they're going to improve throughout the year. Next, I chose the McHenry invite. Crystal Lake Prairie Ridge, who's ranked 5 in 2A according to Mile Split. They won with just 52 points over Huntley, who's the 3A school. And they just barely beat them. It was 52 to 55. And Chris, but Crystal Lake Central, so neither of those two schools. But Carson Hollander, he's a senior from there. He won the meet in 1630. And finally, it was not a full three-mile race, but the Elmwood Park Trial two-mile. Um, this was an interesting meet to look at. There are a couple important 2A teams here that I wanted to discuss. Glenbard South, who is ranked sixth according to mile split, and Riverside Brookfield, who is ranked second according to mile split. They had a very close race, and crazy enough, the sixth-ranked team, Glenbard South, actually won over Brookfield, who is ranked second, 30-34. to Cooper Mars of Brookfield, though, did take the win. He's a junior. He won in 9.49 for two miles, which is a very impressive two-mile early season meet. So congrats to him. Now we're going to move on to individual some individual performances from the past week. One of the things I'd like to keep repeating on this podcast is some weekly top times for the whole state and season top times from the whole state. So these will be good to know. Each week, obviously, there'll be a whole new refresh, so you won't have to hear the same things every week. But the season top times will kind of changed a little bit but as the season progresses it'll be a bigger deal as somebody takes one of those down and we have a new individual leader for the season so for the week we have isaac teal who's a junior from pickneyville for 1a he ran a 1510 on saturday at the mosquito kickoff for the win there impressive showing from him not quite as good as his detweiler dark time but detweiler is also a super nice course so from 2A, we had the junior Dale Johnson from Sterling who ran a 15:21, and on Tuesday at the Moline Invite. Good showing from him. I think he PR'd at like 15:04 last year, so he's getting very close. And of course, that is not Detweiler. So it'll be interesting to see how he shows up at Galesburg this week and how he shows up at Sycamore, I believe it is, for his invite. And then first to the finish will follow on September 10th, which will be a big teller for a lot of teams this season. 
In 3A, Marcellus Mines, who is also a junior from Joliet West. He ran a 14.43 this week on Tuesday at the Yorkville Invite, which is just an insanely impressive early season time. And we'll see where he can go with this. That's the top time in the state right now. And we'll see how long it stands, I guess. Uh, for the whole season, for 1A, Isaac Teal of Pickneyville from Detweiler Dark with a 14.45.3 holds the title. For 2A, the junior Dylan Nally from Marion holds that title at 14.48, also set at Detweiler Dark. But 3A was not set at Detweiler Dark. It is still Marcellus Mines who ran that time at the Yorkville Invite. So it'll be interesting to see how those times come and go throughout the season. And finally, before I introduce Chase onto the podcast, I want to talk about a segment I'm doing called Runner of the Week. This is where I pick one runner who I think showed exceptional performance this week, not just necessarily in the fastest time, but ran the best race and won maybe, or just there's a lot of criteria that goes into it. So I picked a local one and a whole statewide one. For my local Runner of the Week, I chose Isaiah Hill, who is a junior from Elmwood. He won the IVC invite in 1554, which was a 39-second win. And from what I remember from my teammates talking about the Shazam course, it's pretty tough. So he led his team to win in a very convincing manner. So I decided that he should be this week's Runner of the Week. And for the state, I chose Isaac Teal of Pickneyville. He deserves it. I mean, he's put up insane times already just as a junior. He won a 15-10, which was a 19-second win. He led his team to a three-way tie for first in that meet, but they lost all the tiebreakers and got third, which is kind of sad, but great performance by him. He did definitely everything he needed to do for his team. So now let's get into our segment with Chase, and we will talk about the mile split rankings. I'm here introducing Chase Satter, who is a high school senior from Morton, Illinois. He started running cross country his sophomore year, and he has a PR of 16.08 in the three mile and 10.03 in the 3200. He was injured last year, but he came back during track season and ran under 10-10 twice in the 3200, and we're hoping to see him strong this fall in cross country. So welcome, Chase. How's your day going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Yes, so we're going to be talking about the mile split rankings and the ILXCTF rankings, just going through a few of them and giving our opinions on it. So I guess we can start with mile split. So we'll talk mostly about the top five but if we want to branch out top 10 and then just kind of say who we thought should be included or not included and so so on and so forth so all right chase what are your opinions on top 10 top five um i think it well okay i'll just put this out there first i think it was really hard to do preseason rankings this year i mean i think it is always because i mean anything can happen over the course of a season and you're just kind of trying to put your put together like track and cross country from the previous year into uh, your rankings. Um, so I think it's pretty wide open. I know uh, Illinois XCTF, they mentioned that it's pretty wide open. I think it's going to be pretty competitive this year. So things can shake out really. However, um, I think mile split is definitely missing Fenwick in the top 10. Um, I know they lost Christian Klein. He's down in Florida and then they lost a couple other seniors from their squad last year that won state but um they're still gonna have a really strong uh front pack that's uh running one two three and then if they can just pull in a four and five they're definitely gonna go top 10 at the state meet and if they really work on their four and five they can definitely go um a, a lot higher than just top 10 so 
Yeah, I think Fenwick is a big piece that Miles Split missed in the top 10. I see that they lost a lot of people, but those three All-Staters at the top are going to be very impactful for just the rest of the team. They don't even necessarily need an elite four and five. They're already going to have so little points up at the front. But let's also talk about Deerfield. They graduated their entire top seven from last year, and they're coming in with a completely fresh new team, but they're all going to be decently fast. Deerfield's a pretty big school, as you mentioned to me earlier this year. What are your thoughts about them and not being in the top 10 or just top 15, I think, even? I'm not sure. Um, I haven't looked a lot at Deerfield. I just know with their program that they have there, um, they know what they did last year. Um, I think I read on Illinois XCTF that their coach was talking about some great speeches that their kids had. I think that they're... Um, they're still going to pull together a good team by the end of the year. I don't know if they'll be top 10 or not. Um, they have a big enough team to definitely make that possible. And, uh, yeah, I would have to look at the uh, track rankings. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think they usually have, like last year they had the smallest um, team spread in the state meeting. It was like only like 48 seconds. They had a crazy pack, and I think it's looking as if they're going to do it again this year. It's just how fast will they be. But, yeah. um all right, so let's talk more about top three. How do you feel as those are ranked? So for mile split, we have Grays Lake Central is one, Riverside Brookfield is two, Morton is three, and I think it's we should throw in Kaylin honestly as four because they got fourth last year and they're going to be mm-hmm. going for that trophy again this year. How do you feel about mile split's top four in that order? Um, I think Kaylin's kind of a wild card. They've been um, ever since 2019, kind of like with us here at Morton, uh, 2019, they've been like right in that cusp, top five um, each year. I think they can be, uh, they'll be a scary team come the end of the season. Um, they're led by that sophomore, Evan Nasek, that's standout, absolute talent. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be really good. Um, I'm not sure how their four and five are going to look. They graduated a lot of people. They're going to have a young team. Um, so if they can pull together a four and five, uh, come November, they're gonna be they're gonna be a scary team. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think Kaylin's gonna we're gonna really see them come into play as later as the season keeps going because they have a young team, like you said, and it's gonna be pretty interesting how they unfold because nobody has a lot of experience besides obviously Evan, and but he's an exceptionally talented runner. And but he, in track season, he actually got injured. He did not run as well as everybody would have expected him to. I guess. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. Now, Morton, we got third place last year. And then Brookfield, who was fifth last year. Yep. Those two expected trophiers, how do you how do you feel about them? Man, I just think it's so wide open. I personally looked at this and I thought Morton was overranked, uh, knowing what they know. Uh, I think... I really do think that we were overranked um, on mile split. Um, part of it just because it's so wide open. Part of it, uh, we haven't proved ourselves. Um, obviously, I'm coming back from an injury uh, last season. Um, we still have guys. We still only have two guys that have gone under 16 so far. So we have a Morton has a lot of work to do to kind of prove themselves over the course of the season. Um, they want a trophy. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Thinking about it, I've always thought about it from our point of view, right? But if you're looking in on it, we you're right. We only do have two guys who have run under 16. Although I think we're going to have a really good four-man pack up at the front. 
and hopefully we can pack as many people up at the top as we can, and then I can come through as that fifth runner. But then Riverside Brookfield with Cooper Mars, who's also, um, he's a junior this year now, but he's very fast as well. He did great last year running with Paul uh, Protow, I think that's how you say it. Yep. But he's not going to have him anymore as pushing him on his team. So how do you, do you think they're fairly ranked? Um, I think so. They, uh, they were fifth place last year. They're going to be hungry for, you know, after being fifth place at that while last year, they're going to be hungry to, uh, go for a trophy this year, go for uh first or second place trophy. They had two guys, um, not Cooper Mars. So Jack O'Brien and, uh, Brady Norman go under ten fifteen uh, in the 3,200 this year. So they showed a strong improvement over the track season. Um, I am just kind of reading and summarizing from mile split right now. I did not look that up. So, <laughs> okay, that's fair. And then finally, Grizzly Central up at the top of both Illinois XCTF and mile split. I feel like they're fairly ranked. How about you? Absolutely. Yeah, they're going to be, they're showing at Deadwater Dark was incredible. Um, they were really deep. Um, something on Illinois XCTF was talking about them being about 10, 10 guys deep. A lot of guys under five minutes in that time trial that they did. Um, they're going to have not only competition from other teams, um, but they're going to have competition within their pack. And so that's really going to help them uh, push them throughout the season. Yeah, I think I think they had eight guys go sub five in their time trial, which is exceptionally impressive. We had five, but it's it's going to be a really hard team to take down this year. I think they have really great talent, especially with Trey Sato up there. He ran 15 flat at Detweiler Dark, which is a 12-second PR for him going into a preseason meet. That's pretty impressive. And I think they're yeah. going to be they're fairly ranked at the top in my opinion. So if we move over to Illinois XCTF, they're also ranked at the top. And Fenwick's there, which I think we discussed that they should probably be higher ranked. So mm-hmm. I agree with that so far. But Morton, so we're not up there like we are in Mile Split. We're not even in the top 10. We're ranked 12th. What do you, do you think 12th is? You said you didn't think Morton's third was a little too high. Do you think 12th is too low? Um, I, I do believe that 12th is probably a little bit low. Um, like I said, they don't have all the insight that we have as we run on the team daily but um even so with Layton running under two flat for the 800 this past track season and uh Jonas Witherich and Josh Weeks they're gonna they're gonna form a, a strong trio up front and so I think just that trio alone is gonna pull us into the top 10 kind of like um Fenwick we were talking earlier they're gonna have a strong top three I think Morton um, between those series, also going to have a great team. Yeah, overall, I think this year the junior class is super strong. If you look at the rankings just coming in this year individually, a lot of the juniors are leading their team's pack. So I think it'll be interesting. Everybody's pretty evenly spread out. It should be a good run for the state title this year. Um, other than that, postseason-wise, the state outlook, Are you feeling? what are you feeling trophy-wise? If you could pick three teams, who do you think you would have as your top three? Um... I think right now, undeniably, I um, got to go with Grays Lake Central, uh, taking home the first place trophy. Um, they're just so deep. They're going to have that competition within their pack. Um, after that, it's really hard. I think um, for me personally, I agree with Miles Split, Riverside Brookfield, number two. They're going to have a strong pack up front. Um, they're going to have some of that experience in the back um, that hopefully they can pull together a four and five. And then... Um, for a third place trophy, I I don't really think us or Caneland 
Um, it's kind of in that right now. Um, I was thinking Crystal Lake, Prairie Ridge, who we didn't really talk about. They're ranked fifth on miles, but but they had uh, four guys under 450 in the last track season. So, I think that's a fair evaluation there. I think expect we, us and Kaylin, we definitely have a lot of work to put in to show that we should be ranked that high. And with, I know some teams ran their first meets last week, but a couple teams like us we have a first meet this week so it'll be interesting to see how those results compare and first to the finish coming up on september 10th will be a big teller because we'll be racing against a lot of chicago schools and everybody will be down there in peoria down at the state course at detweiler so it should be a good showing early season meet on the state course just to see where everybody's placed should give us and everybody else a little more intel on the teams this year so thank you for coming on, Chase. I really appreciate it. It was fun ranking Milesplit and Illinois XETF with you. Uh, yep. Thanks for your conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So I am back, just me again, and I'm here to discuss the weekly outlook for some upcoming meets and individuals you should be watching for this week. So locally, there are two meets that I think we should be keeping an eye on, which is the Galesburg Invite and the Canton Invite. Number three ranked Morton, according to Milesplit, will be ranking will be racing at Galesburg, along with Peoria Notre Dame, Dunlap, Normal Community West, and Geneseo. So we'll see how Morton can perform with their new fifth runner, which is me, and fourth runner Chase Souter, who is coming back from an injury. We'll see how Morton puts on a show this weekend and what the other teams can do to try to chip them down. The Canton invite, nobody highly ranked, but a lot of local teams are be racing, so I felt like it was important to mention it. Pekin, obviously Canton, Limestone, Mackinac Deer Creek, and Peoria Manual, and Peoria High will be all racing there. So lots of local teams will be in Canton this weekend, however, some will also be in Galesburg. Now, there are a lot of big non-local meets I wanted to talk about really quickly. The Hornet Red Devil Invite up north will have a lot of strong teams. The Fenwick Boys team will be veering off against Deerfield, along with the 3A team Hinsdale South and Hinsdale, or yeah, Hinsdale South and Hinsdale Central. Manunka and Oswego East will all be there. It'll be a crazy meet. Obviously, not expecting Fenwick to win, but it'll be cool to see how they do with competition this early in the season. It will be their first meet. I'm fairly sure, and we'll see how Deerfield's new whole top seven does. Next, I wanted to talk about the Harlem invite, where Maple Park Caneland, ranked number four, will be starting, or not starting their season, but that's where their um, next big invite will be. They'll be racing against Burlington Central, who will also be decent, but Caneland should have an interesting meet. It'll be interesting to see how they do on with a, with a race under their belts, and that's about it for the Harlem Invite. Granite City Invite down south, we have Civic Memorial, Edwardsville, Mascuda, Quincy, and St. Louis University High School from Missouri coming over. It'll be, That'll be an interesting meet. I'll be interested to see how Civic Memorial can do with a bigger group of teams, especially 3A teams like Edwardsville. After losing Ryan Watts, obviously the state champion for 3A in the mile and two mile, he was a crazy talent. It'll be interesting to see who they put there and how they will be looking to do this year with their um, somewhat new team. Muscuda, I don't know how they're going to be this year. It'll be interesting to see what they'll do as well. And then Quincy, after losing Fiker Rosen, he is gone. It feels weird to say that, but he they'll have a basically completely new team as well. So they might not be very good, but I thought it was worth mentioning. 
Um, the Fenton John Kurtz Early Bird Invitational is what I have next. There are going to be a lot of teams here. Number one ranked Grays Lake Central for 2A will be racing there, along with number seven Wheaton St. Francis. This will be a great chance for Grays Lake Central to prove they are in the number one spot, and a great chance for Wheaton St. Francis to prove that they are there, there as well. And they have room to move up. Grays Lake Central does not. There's also going to be some strong 3A teams, such as Arlington Heights Hersey, and Downers Grove North, who are both going to be pretty solid. Obviously, Hersey is where Josh Methner came from, so nobody will probably be able to reach what he did, but I'm sure they'll have a strong team, just like always. Downers Grove North will also have a strong team, so it'll be cool to see how Grayslake Central can do against some of the 3A teams in better competition. The Crystal Lake South invite is another invite I wanted to cover. Not many top teams ranked there or top-ranked teams there, but Belvedere North, who wasn't in the top 10, and number 9, Woodstock, will both be there, so it'll be interesting to see if Belvedere North can prove that they should be in the top 10 according to mile split. They were number 5 in Illinois XCTF, but not for mile split, so maybe they can prove themselves this next week. Woodstock, barely in that top 10, trying to prove that they deserve to be there, and we'll see how they do against Belvedere North. Next up, the Charleston Invite. Muhammad Seymour, who was pretty strong last year, and Urbana will be there. Urbana might be okay, but I'm more curious on how Muhammad Seymour is going to do. They did lose a few guys. However, they do have a couple solid freshmen coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how they can do with that three-mile race, which is definitely a completely different battle than a two-mile race. Next, the Fall Harvest, Cla- the Fall Harvest Classic. Number six, Glenbard South, and number seven, Wheaton St. Francis will be both be there. Glenbard South already has beaten number two Riverside Brookfield, so it'll be interesting to see how Wheaton St. Francis can do in their second meet of the year. Wheaton St. Francis will be racing twice this week at some decently big invites, so we'll see how they do with that intensity in their schedule. And then one more I thought was notable to mention is on a t- is on Tuesday on August 30th. It's a Sycamore Invitational. Belvedere North will be there, so they're also racing twice. Caneland, same thing. They're ranked four in the state, so that intensity in their schedule will be interesting to see how they deal with it. Sycamore ranked 10. Obviously, they're going to be at their own invite, but they'll, they're going to be trying to prove that they should not leave that top 10 slot. And then Glenbard South, they're going to be having two meets as well. DeKalb is a 3A school that is also going to be there. I feel like that's notable to mention with Riley Newport going to be making his showing most likely this week. We'll see how he does coming off of a third-place finish at the state meet this past, last fall. So, individuals to watch. I just want to run through a couple people really quickly. From 1A, I chose three seniors, three juniors, three sophomores just to look at. From El- Elgin, Harvest Christian, Daniel Winkleman, he got fourth in 1A state last year. Tommy Murray, also a senior, senior from Port Byron, Riverdale, ninth in state last year. And Akili Parekh from Chicago Latin, he got 10th in 1A State last year. So those will be the three seniors I think you should be watching out for this coming week. For 1A, the juniors, I chose Isaac Teal, Gavin Genicio, and Ethan Hogan from Pickneyville, Benton, and Columbia, respectfully. Isaac Teal got 5th in state last year, but as you can tell, he's already racing extremely well this year. So it'll be interesting to see how he does for throughout the rest of the year. Um, Gavin has not yet raced this year. However, I know he's been putting in a good summers with the work and he had a fairly solid track season. So with his sixth place performance last year at 1A State, he's definitely looking to crack into that top five. 
and he was running a 407 in track. I definitely think he has the speed to be able to do that. Even Hogan is a new junior that nobody or I had not heard of before. He did not have a state appearance last year, but he PR'd a Mosc- the Mascuda kickoff this week at a 1529, which was like a minute PR. So it'll be interesting to see how he progresses this season. And then the three sophomores, Ben Gibson, Evan Cook, and Nicole Martino. They're, they all ran at state last year, 20th, 111th, and 70th, respectfully. It will be interesting to see how those guys come up. In 2A, I wanted to run down with Graydon Rill, Brendan Hetzig, Jackson Coleman, all seniors. They all did well at state last year. It'll be interesting to see how they do when they come back. And then the strong junior class of Dylan Nally, Trey Sato, and Josh Weeks from Morton is somebody I thought is going to be a big game changer this year. He was injured last year and still got 39th in stable running a 1540. But at Dead Dark, he already ran a 1546. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he progresses this year with his strong team pushing him right behind him. And then finally, I have two sophomores, Evan Nosek and Brady Norman. They're going to be putting on a show this year, probably, and it'll be interesting to see how they grow through the rest of their high school career. Finally, with 3A, Riley Newport from DeKalb. He'll have his first showing this week. Parker Knoll, Oswego East, Zachary Balzer, Manuka. It's just going to be a super strong pack from this 3A guys this year. Same thing with their juniors. Marcellus Mines, obviously, already putting up 1443. Cam and and Zach Close putting up low 15 times. Very impressive for an early season meet. Then two sophomores, Dylan Maloney and Grant Schroeder. No state appearance last year for Grant, but he ran a 15-13 PR this past week, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. So overall, I think the junior class is going to be super strong this year. And I wanted to thank Chase for coming on and recording this with me. It was fun to have him on here and to rank Miles Split. And we'll have to see how the rankings progress throughout the weeks and see how all the teams that are probably going to have their first race in by this week or next week, we'll see how everybody does. So next week's episode, we'll cover basically the same stuff. And make sure to follow on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube. And you can send me an email of suggestions that you want. That is thedistanceprojectil at gmail.com, and you can find me on Instagram at goingthedistanceil. Thank you for, wa- for, thank you for listening, I should say, and I'll see you guys next week.